0: SAFM Market Update with Money Web. Thanks, Greg. Exactly five minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update on SAFM this Monday evening. A reminder of our SMS line, 34701 with a keyword market. That's 34701 with a keyword market. If there are one or two questions uh, that come through on uh, the SMS line, we'll uh, get to those sometime before half past six this evening. David Shapiro is prepared for uh, what could be a, uh,
1: a rough winter. I phoned Ellie today to come and service my generator. <laughs> They're coming tomorrow, <laughs> filling up with diesel, killing R- all the bird life in my area. But <laughs> anyway. Razor thin, David.
0: Razor thin. Reserve margin again tonight. Forecast at 0.4%. Uh, 152 megawatts, the gap between supply, yeah, capacity <laughs> and and forecast demand. And it's not even cold. <laughs> we
1: just waiting until it gets really cold. I mean, this is not chilly weather. <laughs> so you can get away with that. You've got to go buy your gas heaters. You've got to take gas, mm. and uh, I was actually talking to Elliot today. I mean, uh, they, they've got a way of actually getting your house, you know, fully on gas and on all these different alternative energies where you don't rely on the power source anymore. 152
0: and the, megawatts, though—that's no. a couple of kettles and semi <laughs> no, no, no. pool pump. <laughs> no, no. Six minutes after six, here's the business news for today. South Africa's unsecured credit levels are still too small to pose a risk to its banking industry, the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank said today. Unsecured loans, which are not backed by collateral and therefore riskier and more lucrative for banks, totaled 453 billion Rand in March, an increase of 24% from a year earlier. That's according to Lisecha Kanyako. Kanyako told reporters at a briefing that measured against the total banking assets of 3.6 trillion Rand, bank exposure to unsecured lending still remains non-systemic, and does not pose any threat to the stability of the banking system as a whole. Shares of Swiss luxury goods company Richemont rose by 1.5% after China said it will cut import duties on Swiss watches by 60% in the next decade. The deal is part of a free trade agreement to be signed in July, making Switzerland the first continental European country to sign an agreement of that nature with China. And the number of retrenchments at Anglo-American Platinum could be reduced further, the Minister of Mineral Resources, Susan Shabangu said. Without mentioning the number, Shabangu said that through Section 189 of the Labor Relations Act, which the Department of Mineral Resources would participate in, the 6,000 mooted retrenchments will be further reduced, and Platts already loses 2,000 people every year through natural attrition. Well, turning to the markets, the JSE ending up 1% today at 41,432 points, the ran at 963 to the dollar fourteen fifty to the pound, twelve forty five to the euro. Gold is at thousand three hundred ninety three dollars an ounce. Platinum one thousand four hundred forty six dollars, and a barrel of Brent is at hundred and two dollars. SAFM Market Update with Well, David, market quiet today. US closed for Memorial Day. UK closed for a bank holiday. Very quiet. i was just thinking of those Richmond.
1: I mean, even without the duties, I still couldn't afford one of those watches. It made absolutely no difference in my life if we had to lift duties on, on those kind of watches. I mean, they're hugely expensive. Anyway, it was, um, you know, jokes aside, it was one of the, the big leaders on the market today. Mm-hmm. It was led up by... Both industrials and financials. And it's, it's peculiar because I would have thought that with both the US and UK markets, trade would have been thin. You know, trade would have been light. Uh, we normally would have found People taking profits, avoiding the markets, and yet we had some very, very strong gains, both on resources and industrial, and at the top end of the market as well. It wasn't in the smaller, medium caps. It was uh, Anglo's, Bulletin, uh, Sassel. If you go on to the industrial market, all the t- all the top shares. Breweries had a very good day. Richemont, very strong. MTN, Vodacom. So, it. Um, you know, it was more or less in the heavyweights that actually led the. Uh, you know, to the heavyweights that actually led the market upwards.
0: Fifty-two week highs on the market. Sassol four hundred and thirty-seven rounded some yeah. change. Uh, lots of property stocks in there. Coronation getting even steamier. Sixty-three round a yeah. share. AECI one hundred and five a share. Omnia heading for two hundred. One hundred and seventy-three a
1: share. The winners are winning. You know, the, uh, if you look at the market. Uh, it looks like the money's chasing the winners on the basis that these are companies will produce sustainable profits, even if they're at quite heady uh, multiples and that. So uh, the same thing with Coronation. A great dividend, payout almost all of their earnings. So in this kind of market, if you're going to get returns like that, why not stay with it? And with the JSE holding its own, um, even if the profits remain the same, you know you're still going to get a fairly good dividend. In fact, a lot of the defensive stocks, Discovery. I don't know if that's defensive, but um, you know a good company that produces good profits, Liberty Holding. Um, and the financial side, those are the ones that actually held up on the negative side. You've got Abel and Capitech just, you know, listening to your story, mm. your introduction they're just dragging the market down. Still a
0: lot of concerns about, uh, where that side of the industry is going. Capitech under renewed pressure, mm-hmm. uh, some speculation in the business times yesterday that, uh, things are being, loans are being extended, extended yeah. uh, for a longer period. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise though. Capitech did tell us this. I think so, but I think there's a worry because the
1: longer the loan, the less likely would you, <laughs> the less likely you're going to be repaid. Um, so I'm not saying that they, they haven't got good risk control measures, but that's the understanding. So the more provision you have to make against that, and these are bigger loans as well. So it's not only are they extending the loans, but they're increasing the size of them as well. So you're going to, into a realm which uh, we're not quite sure uh, where it will lead us. You know, these are starting to get big
0: loans. I mean, they're in the multi thousands. Abel at a fifty two week low today, sixteen Rand seventy, uh, closing down three percent. Pick and pay also at fifty two week lows, under forty bucks, thirty eight Rand ninety five.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised because
0: you know, there's a view
1: that even though uh, it's gonna take time to turn around that you know, management will get there. So I'm surprised to see them as weak as they are. Because on the other hand you've got shares like uh, Mr Price and some of the other retailers just, just just going ahead. You know, saw famous brands results out today. Um which no doubt you'll talk about. You know, companies like this are producing the goods and attracting the investments.
0: Esau Frankie out with mm. uh, Results, one of the smaller specialist construction groups. Uh, big turnaround mm. there. Mm. Earnings tripling from $0.06 cents to 20 cents uh, twenty twenty and a half $0.20.5 a share. Well, a Strong it, order book. It is a strong order book, and I think it just it shows you, because it's,
1: it's not a big company, and therefore if they pick up one or two good contracts, it can make all the difference to their... Uh, to their business, but you know, even so, if you read the, the the report, still worries and challenges out there, you know, in the industry. But they're a specialised company or have got specialist um, areas, and and I think it's good to see them at least holding
0: their own. Ilobo Sugar, mm. we heard from Tonga at Hewlett on Friday. Ilobo Sugar, full-year sugar production up 14%. Headline earnings up 43%. We spoke about this one last mm. week. It's, it's run pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, we saw the results out of Zambia. Um, that Those were posted probably about two weeks back yeah. now already. So we would have seen those numbers.
1: Pretty good. I mean, uh, everything went right for them, pricing, uh, um, crop no, I don't know if it's a record crop, but certainly um, a, a huge crop. So last year they were, t- were taken down by drought in South Africa. This year it turned around. So it's the kind of volatility you will get, but uh, seem to be in a very good result, very good dividend. So long may it last. But it's a, it's, it's one of those companies, don't pay too much for it, you know, because you're going to face volatility. But when it comes
0: right, you know, your returns are high. Property company Vukile, full year numbers out. It's mopping up everything. It's bought half of Eastrand Mall. It's buying another couple of regional shopping centers. What is interesting is if you look through the numbers, rent collections um, across retail, office as well as industrial, those are actually improving on 2012. You wouldn't have thought so.
1: No, not in the retail space. Um, I suppose it also... Depends where you are, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> where your malls are and uh, um, where the spending's taking place. But I, I'm a great favourite. I know that property companies took a bit of a bashing a week or two ago with the bond market, but I still think it's an area of the market, particularly um, you know, companies like Fikili and that. They're all well run. Redefine. Um, Growth, growth, growth investor property. You've done phenomenally well out of them and you're getting fairly good returns, give or take uh, one or two years where things may be under pressure. But this is testimony to this, this bears testimony to this.
0: How's this announcement from Pumalela today, David? Uh, Pumalela and a (laughs) French fund (laughs) have applied in a tender process (laughs) to run tote betting on horse races in Greece for 20 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's too hard for me.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to say. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Fourteen and a half after six or famous brands which owns the Steers, Wimpy, Debonairs and Mug and Bean brands, amongst others, will open its first Steers outlet in London's Capham district in July, its first Debonairs outlet in Mumbai, India in the same month. The company has overhauled its business model in an effort to get closer to its franchisees and to consumers. Results for the year to February 28 show revenue up 17% to 2.5 billion rand, headline earnings per share up 22% to three rand thirty nine a share, and the dividend is up 25% to 2.50. Earlier, I spoke with Chief Executive Kevin Hedewick and asked him what his take was on consumers being stretched.
2: There's no question. I think especially in mainstream South Africa or middle income, and that's where a number of our brands trade. Uh, but having said that, though, I think that you know the, the challenge today with the consumer where there is a shrink on disposable income is to provide value, and quality. Uh, you know, it's no longer just about price. You can't have this uh, this contest just based on price. And I think the Steers brand is a is a glowing example of that. You know, we we got some feedback from the marketplace probably eight months ago that consumers love the brand, but it has started to become quite uh, premium in their perceptions, a little bit out of reach. And so what we did is we took some margin absorption in our manufacturing business and the meat plant in particular. We got the pricing right at the front end with a product uh, which we call everyday value. And uh, you know, since uh, September last year, Steers has shown double-digit growth. So people know where you are, and they'll support mm-hmm. you. But you've got to give them value, and you've got to give them quality.
0: Kevin, just across uh, all of your different brands uh, in the 12 months, which of those brands uh, has outperformed, and, and which perhaps has underperformed the rest?
2: Uh, you know, the standout performance for us has got to be Steers in the last six to eight months. Uh, been a phenomenal turnaround in that brand. Uh then, you know, Devonese Pizza continues to astonish us in terms of certainly black consumer support of uh of a category like pizza and Devonese is, is clearly pioneering that category. Uh and uh we've had some very strong growth in a business like Fisherways, double digit growth and that's benefiting from all the noise in that category right now. And then of course Megan Bean has been a phenomenal success since we acquired that brand three years ago. Uh, some more softer performances, I suppose, would have to be coming from our pub business in particular, where you know the drink driving thing is not making it any easier for us. Um, so, and, and Milky Lane, which is uh, is about indulgence, I suppose, in a sense, and consumers <laughs> just don't have that kind of money to indulge. But yeah, uh, those would probably be the two where we've been quite soft.
0: At the upper end, uh, businesses like Tash's and Vovotello are they proving to be a little bit more resilient?
2: Sure, you know, Tesco for me is, is phenomenal. I mean, it's almost if you want to see something that's recession-proof, well, there it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, it uh, it continues to startle and amaze us, but then it shouldn't because I mean, we've got a fantastic partner uh, in the Sederis family. I mean, they they drive that business hard. It's pure theatre, and people are prepared to pay for that, and uh, so. You know, it continues to astonish us, and then we're getting a lot more interest in what in the other category, which we're pioneering, called and baking in Volvatello and also. You know, both of those brands are absolutely not about price; it's about pure theatre.
0: Kevin, you opened 140 new stores during the financial year. 110 of those uh, here in South Africa. Uh, is finding sites becoming more and more difficult?
2: It is, uh, and I think you know, the 140 restaurants. While I've done the presentation today, I and mean, people are quite impressed with the numbers. I mean, for me, I think it's a bit of a pedestrian performance. I think we're used to doing numbers bigger than that. But having said that, you know, I think that what I'm really encouraged about is our access now to markets where we were previously excluded from, not because there was any other reason, but than the fact that the market wasn't perhaps ready for us. So, you know, we segment that market a little bit further, and we talk about the emerging markets in terms of urban. And, I mean, we've had some phenomenal success in places like Cutlong and Dobsonville. So if you spoke to us about those two markets, probably even two years ago, we'd say it wouldn't be possible. And then also emerging markets rural. I mean, uh, we've just done some some work in a place like Butterworth, which is uh, in the Eastern Cape. Mm. And, again, I mean, phenomenal results. Uh, and, and and we've always said, though, you know, is that a, is a business like mug bean is desperate to get into the rural markets and rural meaning sort of like, you know, plot a uh, type towns. And we've taken mug bean two months ago to Bethlehem and unbelievable success. So, you know, what we're seeing is that, you know, the markets, the, the 140 restaurants or 110 in South Africa is not great for us. But what's very encouraging is the beachheads that we're creating in some of these emerging rural markets.
0: What about Africa, Kevin? Uh, now 7% of your total sales, will that be the big thrust going forward?
2: Yeah, look, we're very excited about Africa. You know, We've been, we've been in Africa for 12, 15 years. We're in 15 countries now. Uh, we know our way around Africa. We think better than, than a lot of other people, so it's not an easy place to trade. But our strategy for Africa is clearly defined. We've put some additional resources into Africa, and it's about narrow and deep words you know we're in 15 countries we don't want to be any more, but we want to be very deep in those countries we understand that to be successful in Africa we've got to change trading formats maybe we've got to change menus maybe uh, but Africa for us holds a lot of promise and I think the early seeds that we planted there 10-12 years ago are now starting to bear fruit
0: You're not going to rush into these markets with, with all of your brands though?
2: Absolutely not I mean that's another part of the deep strategy is that uh, or the narrow strategy shall I call it is that, I mean, for us, you know, it's about deboners, it's about steers, it's about fisheries where we can, and maybe a sprinkling of mug and bean. But I mean for us to be spending time and energy trying to open up a milky lane in a DRC is just a waste of time. I'd rather have three deboners pizzas there. Thank you very much.
0: Just looking at the year ahead, are you going to beat uh, 140 stores?
2: Yeah, the plan really for the year it is to open 205 stores in South Africa and uh, 55 outside of South Africa. So that's you know, it's going to mean we're going to have to go some, but we also have the, you know, we have the um, the added benefit of the fact that we've added brands to our repertoire and our portfolio, so that does give us another category in which to go and uh, kind of open restaurants. Uh, so yeah, you know, if we're having this conversation next year this time and we hadn't opened 200 restaurants, at least I'd be disappointed.
0: Kevin, just to close off with, have you had a chance to sample Burger King yet?
2: Um, I know the product I'm in Cape Town tomorrow So I'll go and taste The South African version I mean I get asked About Burger King All the time And quite (laughs) rightly so I mean I think It's a phenomenal Global brand Uh, And you know We welcome that Type of competition Because I think That there's enough uh, More than anecdotal Evidence to suggest That when there's A lot of activity In a category The category as a whole Does benefit So you know Burger King Are going to make A lot of noise About burgers And uh, you know That just happens To be a place Where steers Is very very strong So You know, and uh, we we, we just know that we'll benefit from that activity. In fact, we've got three restaurants that trade in the same precinct as Burger King, and from the day they've opened, we haven't even seen a flicker on the radar screen in terms of downward trend.
0: That's Kevin Hedwig there, the Chief Executive of Our Famous Brands, and the longer version of that interview will be available on Today overnight. It runs for well over 10 minutes, talking about all sorts of detail, uh, especially those uh, stores opening uh, outside of South Africa and Africa, the steers opening in uh, the U.K., debonair's opening in Mumbai, India. Mm -hmm. David, I hold these shares. Um, Tasha's recession-proof. Hmm. I, I don't know whether it was a comment made today, but
1: um, you know, he says it's the only restaurant where a chap who owns a Porsche actually queues to get in, and you've seen it downstairs. <laughs> but I, you know, you know what impresses me as well, and, and what draws me to the share because I do own it is uh, if you look at the operating profit, a hundred, well, one third of it of the over comes from supply chain. Hmm. So this is a better manufacturing company than um, than Tiger Brands or any of those. You know, rather buy this because they supply, they make the they make the product, supply it to their own brands, and then get a, a royalty on it. So it's uh, it's a really a good operation. You know, vertically integrated and some really good brands. I Even agree with she... him on Steers and Burger King. You know, Burger King's closer, I think, to to a McDonald's Whereas Steers Is a much better You know Much better product
0: Even at 90 Rand And some change Yeah you know,
1: As I said earlier on Stay with the winners You know Just he has a man Who's going to produce More stores opening Much better growth Almost And what I like Go look at the cash flow As well mm. They reinvest in the
0: business It's it, very important w- that One of the other things In the numbers today Is it's interesting to see They relocated And refurbished Around about 100 stores mm. In the country mm. So they're actively Managing these That's They're not letting They're not letting A store decay And, and Closed on.
1: They reinvest in their brands. You know, so mug and Bean that you're seeing today under uh, uh, Kevin is not the same that you saw before.
3: This oh. integrity tax feature is brought to you by the Chartered Accountants of South Africa, in the interest of providing professional tax planning solutions to minimise business or individual tax risk.
0: Well in this month's Integrity Tax Feature we're joined by Pitnell, Project Director for Tax at Psycho Standards uh, Pit, talking about the regulation of tax practitioners the new Tax Administration Act requiring certain things what exactly is it requiring tax practitioners to do?
4: Um, yes, what, what the Act requires of tax practitioners to do is that well, basically they say any natural person and that means it's not companies or other entities that provide advice to other people with respect to tax legislation or or even only just complete or assist in completing returns that the other person must submit to SARS, must now fall under the jurisdiction of a what they refer to as a recognized controlling body and must, in addition to that, be registered to SARS as a tax practitioner. And the deadline for this is um, end of June, so from the 1st of July you must be you must meet these requirements. You must be registered with SARS and fall under uh, recognised controlling bodies' um, jurisdiction if you want to do any tax work.
0: Now, SICA does fall under that uh, under that category of, of bodies recognised okay. under the Act. Uh, five bodies recognised, and it's not likely that uh, SARS is going to recognise any more.
4: That's correct. Yeah, yeah. The other bodies are um, SARS referred to them as bodies that were existing in the field, but initially there were some 17 bodies that applied. And it is quite interesting to note that SARS is not prepared to to entertain further applications. We believe that the existing the bodies that were approved now will not be able to handle, or the members of those bodies will not be able to handle all the work, and that many people that are currently doing tax-related work will not be able to join the bodies because of the minimum required, um, you know, entry requirements and training requirements. Some bodies, like us, set an exam before you can become Mm -hmm. a member of our. Of our body.
0: So, so what happens, Pitt? Uh, what happens with those people providing tax services who can't join any of these five bodies, perhaps the other three bodies as well? They're kind of stuck, uh, stuck in, in limbo. Yes,
4: they are. Um, the Act specifically states, um, the Tax Administration Act, that a person that after the 1st of July now um, fails or neglects to register as a tax practitioner um, and will be guilty of an offence. And upon conviction, subject to a fine or even to imprisonment of a period of up to two years. So, so it doesn't really affect the taxpayer who makes use of a person that is not registered, but it would affect that, that person providing the services. That person would be contravening the law. Um, and that, that I think is a serious uh, problem.
0: Is there any indication of why SARS is doing this?
4: Yes. Um, the process actually started in 2002 with Trevor Manuel, um, sort of acknowledging that, that many taxpayers taxpayers, and I think it's because of the complexity of our legislation, was making use of people to assist them with to meet their tax obligations, and they wanted, they being SARS and National Treasury, wanted to make certain that the people providing those services are adequately trained, adequately qualified to do so, and and secondly, that they also fall under the jurisdiction of a body where SARS can then report unprofessional conduct or they're failing me- to meet these, um, you know, what, what SARS requires to, 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 to work at this required level of, of expertise. So, so, principally, SARS has introduced the regulation of, of this and forcing it down that it must be recognized body so that if they then want to report, they will report to those bodies and that will ensure that, that taxpayers get a better service in the end.
0: But Null is Project Director for Tax at SACA Standards.
3: This IntegriTax feature was brought to you by the Chartered Accountants of South Africa in the interest of providing professional tax planning solutions to minimize business or individual tax risk. Tax is an electronic tax newsletter published monthly by the members of the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. CASAs have extensive taxation expertise and experience. Consult with the CASA for professional tax planning and advice. For up-to-date, relevant and insightful tax articles, visit www.saica.co.za forward slash Integritax.
0: 28 minutes after 6 o'clock. Mike von Strautten is Chief Executive of Specialist Retailer Verimark. Mike, revenue is flat, earnings down by two-thirds. You're being hit from all sides, not least the week around.
5: Absolutely. It was uh, really a challenging year for us. Uh, you know that uh you know a number of places things uh, Rand was just one of them, and clearly trying to operate from four different locations uh was was stuff uh but, you know and that is clearly where, where I think a lot of duplication and cost came in uh, as uh, but uh, you know even the move itself you know you you know it takes time to arrange it and it also um you know you have a situation that that people pack and unpack and, and just on the on the stock side, I think we had about two hundred and forty or two hundred and fifty containers that had to to be packed move to, to, to the new facilities but the good news is that, that it's all behind us now
0: Michael when the RAND weakens as much as it has in the year I mean we need only look at SAB Miller's results to, to, to see exactly how the extent of that weakness 767 a year ago now at the mid nines do, do you have pricing power
5: yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's key to, the, to our whole discussion and our performance uh, over the last two years. Uh, I did pull a statistic from, uh, you know, two, two years ago, May 2011 up to now. Uh, the RAND depreciated uh, at today's rate with 45%. So it's, uh, it's quite a frightening situation for any importer, uh, including very much. You know, we, we do have uh, – you know, what do you do in that situation? You have one of two options. You either increase your prices – uh, or you uh, you keep it where it is, and you absorb that in your margin. Now you know everybody that uh, that's in the know would tell you that the better option is to go somewhere in the middle of those two. Mm. Uh, you know because you can't just pass in you know, a two-year period 45% uh, onto your to your cons- uh, your customer. And uh, we were caught in the middle of, midst of that. And uh, you know we we can you know to a certain extent up the, the prices, but there is a point where you got to obviously uh, wait back. We're busy right now actually with uh, with another level of increases given the range weakening since. Uh, February.
0: Michael Strauss the chief executive of Very Mark. Well it was a day where the JSC ended up one percent forty one thousand four hundred and thirty two points. This has been the SAFA market update with Money Web. We're back at six tomorrow, six thirty now, and time for game plan.